1: Welcome back to Everyday Einstein's Quick and Dirty Tips for Making Sense of Science. I'm your host, Lee Phelan, and today we're going to talk about why blowing on a hot drink cools it off. A few days ago, my family and I decided to go to the beach. Unfortunately, since we happened to be in the north of England at the time, it was a cold and rainy day, which is pretty typical weather for that part of the world. Now, longtime fans know that when my family has a cold day out of doors, we love to warm up with a steaming mug of hot chocolate. I've mentioned before that hot chocolate can spark a great discussion on density, but hot chocolate can also provide a great way to discuss heat. Before we go further, I'd like to thank Squarespace.com for sponsoring this week's podcast. Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. For a free trial and 10% off, go to Squarespace.com and use the offer code Einstein10. As we sat preparing to sip our hot chocolate, it quickly became apparent that our steamy mugs of hot chocolate were a little too steamy. There's a fine line between hot chocolate that's hot enough to warm your soul, and hot chocolate that unpleasantly melts your tongue as you drink it, and unfortunately these mugs of hot chocolate had crossed that line. Of course, the standard way to deal with any hot drink is to use the time-tested method of blowing gently across the surface of the cup in order to cool off the drink within. But have you ever stopped to wonder why that works? is heat something you can really just blow away? In order to find out the truth, we're going to have to get a lot closer to our hot chocolate. As I've mentioned in previous episodes, the molecules in a liquid are packed together less tightly than molecules of a solid, allowing them to bounce around quite a bit. This is what allows liquids to take the shape of their containers or to spill all over the floor when one of your kids knocks over their mugs of chocolate. This is not one of my favorite properties of liquids. Well, The more a liquid heats up, the more bouncy these molecules get. In the case of our hot chocolate, the water molecules were bouncing around quite energetically. Loosely speaking, you can think of that bounciness or kinetic energy as where the heat energy is being stored within the hot chocolate. Sometimes, near the surface of the hot chocolate, all of these water molecules bouncing around causes one of the molecules near the surface to get bounced right out of the mug. This results in two things. First the molecule takes its kinetic energy with it, meaning that it removes some of the heat energy from the mug, causing it to cool down slightly. Second, the amount of hot chocolate decreases slightly, as it is now one molecule less than it was before. We call this process evaporation. Now, of course, a single water molecule flying out of your hot chocolate isn't going to decrease the heat enough for your tongue to notice a difference. But over time, as lots of these molecules get bounced out of the mug, it starts to cool down enough for you to notice. The temperature slowly starts to cross over that line from tongue scorching back to soul warming. Unfortunately, this evaporation stuff can take quite a long time, and you want to drink that hot chocolate, not sit around and stare at molecules bouncing around. Well, it turns out that one of the limiting factors in this process is the amount of water molecules already in the air, something we call humidity. Near the surface of your mug, the air can get pretty saturated with water molecules because so many of them are bouncing out of your mug. This slows down the rate at which they're able to leave. In order to speed things up a bit, you need to move that water vapor out of the way. And one easy way to do that is by simply blowing lightly across the space just above your mug. This causes the excess water molecules in the air to get pushed aside, making room for more molecules to bounce out of your hot chocolate, taking their heat energy with them. After a minute or so of this, depending on how hot your hot chocolate was to begin with, you're finally ready to enjoy a drink of soul-warming hot chocolate without melting your tongue. Once again, I'd like to thank Squarespace.com for sponsoring this week's podcast. If you need to create your own online space with e-commerce built in, maybe you want a mobile responsive online blog or portfolio, something that's great for small business, well, you can do that at Squarespace.com. They've got plenty of templates to choose from, with beautiful designs, and they've got an easy-to-use drag-and-drop interface, so creating new pages is a breeze. And what's even better, things like social media integration and Google Analytics are all built right in, and it's easy to import blog posts from sites like Tumblr, WordPress, or Blogger. You can get your website up and running quickly with great-looking professional templates right now. It's incredibly easy, but if you want some help, Squarespace has an amazing support team that works 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. It starts at just $8 a month, and it includes a free domain name if you sign up for a year. And if you decide to sign up for Squarespace.com, make sure to use the offer code Einstein10 to get 10% off and to show your support for the Everyday Einstein podcast. Squarespace, everything you need to create an exceptional website. So now you know why your hot chocolate is hot, why it slowly cools down, and why blowing on it helps to speed up the process. As you might have guessed, this process isn't limited to hot chocolate. Porridge, soup, oatmeal, gravy, peppermint tea, and any other hot liquid works the same way. If you like today's episode, you can become a fan of Everyday Einstein on Facebook, or follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash qdteinstein. If you have a question you'd like to see in a future episode, send me an email at everydayeinstein at quickanddirtytips.com. Until next time, I'm your host, Lee Phelan, at Everyday Einstein's Quick and Dirty Tips for Making Sense of Science.